Do you feel like motherhood is mundane? A lot of mornings you wake up feeling like you lack joy or purpose. Do you also want to invite God into your mom life, your marriage, and your life in general, but you just don't know how? Do you feel tired, like you have no time, and you're always putting yourself last? Hi, I am Jill Warball a Christian mom life coach, and I'll be showing you each episode how to make time for you, your relationship with Jesus, and others. I'll teach you how to grow with God and apply his word to your everyday life. And most importantly, I'll be cheering you on each week, reminding you that you do have purpose and that you are worthy of a great future. You can find satisfaction in motherhood. I'm going to show you that you can live intentionally with less stress, more joy, all while serving God and others. So grab your Bible and get ready to be transformed. This is the Faithful Mama Podcast, a place where we learn to fill up on Jesus so that we can pour into others. Listen in. All right, Jenna. So, uh, hi. First, welcome. Welcome to the Faithful Mama podcast. I'm so excited that you are on our show today. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So, I um, just wanted to kind of open the floor and just let you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and just your credentials and what you do and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am a mama of two boys. I have a five-year-old and an eight-month-old, so I'm busy. Yes. <laughs> listeners, I'm sure, can relate. Um, yes. But I'm also a master-level behavior therapist, and so I primarily work with parents to solve some of their parenting challenges. Um, most often, I deal with things such as meltdowns and refusal, um, anxiety-related troubles, or bedtime and feeding concerns. So I see a little bit of everything, um, but I really felt called. Um, I, so I am the founder of Jenna Young Consulting, and I felt called to kind of go through the door of offering parents evidence-based solutions, but from a biblical perspective. And because, and I did this because I really couldn't find it myself and it really just kind of organically formed. And I was looking for answers that combined both evidence-based research with the Bible. And I was coming up short time and time again. And then God very clearly told me like, Jenna, I'm calling you to walk through this door. I'm calling you to fulfill this um, calling. And so that's kind of the journey that I've been on is taking my professional experience as a behavior therapist and going into the parent world and saying, listen, there are some amazing evidence-based research proven methods that really work in parenting, but also, the Bible is our main source of truth. And so how do we take both of those things together and help provide parents some answers to some of the things they're struggling with? So awesome. I love it. <laughs> yes. I, honestly, it's what every mom that, you know, loves the Lord is looking for. Tell us what works, but we want it based on biblical truth. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. know, I know that, um, you have two myths that you try to debunk when it comes to motherhood. So I just wanted you to share those with us today. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if you go on my site, um, I can be founded at jennayoungconsulting.com. I talk a little bit about these myths and I start all my parent consultings with these myths um, because they're things that I've been told before I walked through this door and I believed for a long time. And as I started to uncover it, I realized that they're actually myths. And so the first one is that since we are their mom, we should know everything. <laughs> <laughs> And I believed this for a long time. And if I'm honest, I actually believed it just up until recently um, that I'm their mom. And so I should really be equipped with everything that they need. Um, and I was even given this advice from other people. And they would even quote sometimes Hebrews 13, 21, you know, that God will equip you with everything good to do his will. And I believe that to be true wholeheartedly, that God will equip us. Um, I am not discrediting that. What I am discrediting is I think so often that the equipping process comes through community. It's not a self-sufficient equipping where God is just going to equip me to be super mom all on my own by myself. I really don't think when I read through scripture, that's how he works. He yeah. uses community to equip us. And yeah. so often we live in this culture that just encourages isolation and self-sufficiency that we think that we just should be everything for our kids. And it really prevents us from reaching out and asking for help when there are plenty of people that God has put in our path to help us and guide us to be the best mama that we can be. And so I'd like to share kind of a story about um, when we had our second son, we had a doula. And so our first son joined us through adoption. So we started at age two. So uh, my second child was a it's an infant. He's our biological son. And it's just a whole new world. I was like, I yeah. don't know this baby thing. Right. And so right. I was so kind of lost in trying to navigate what this birthing experience was going to be like, or raising an infant and breastfeeding. And I was just overwhelmed by the amount of resources out there and what to do. And so a friend offered, um, why don't you look into having a doula? And so I started interviewing doulas and talking with them and educating myself and me and my husband both were like, yes, this is what we need a professional to come in and kind of help guide us and give us some pointers. <laughs> so yeah. ultimately, I think we would have done just fine if we navigated it ourselves. But this process went so much more seamless and we had so much less stress and anxiety and we were more connected and prepared than we would have if we didn't go that route and reach out to that professional for that. Um, and share our hopes and dreams about how that would look. And she helped us make that happen. And so what I think I take away from that is there is so much just value in asking for help. And if you ever tell someone I had a doula, they wouldn't ever think of you as being less of a mom, right? Like, oh, you couldn't do it on your own. God didn't equip you to do everything by yourself, right? right? No one would ever think that. So why do we think that way so often with reaching out for a therapeutic help or a parent consult? It's the same logic yeah. there, right? That like, right. hey, I can maybe fumble through this and figure it out myself with where these meltdowns are coming from and how to fix it or why they're acting this way. But how much more seamless and easy is it going to be if we could just come together and talk to a professional and say, hey, this is the best course of action, or this is probably why they're engaging in that behavior. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So, so what is your second myth? 
Yeah. So my second myth is that therapy is really only for those that have a diagnosis or that there's a severe behavior challenge happening. (laughs) And so I get this a lot when I say that I'm a parent consult or a behavior therapist. They're always like, oh, so you deal with children that have, you know, autism or behavior um, diagnoses like um, OCD or oppositional defiant disorder, like those sort of things. And by all means, yes, I have plenty of experience in that. But Actually, that's not my bulk of clientele. Most people that I see, their kids are just going through a rough season. <laughs> it really yeah. is just a seasonal struggle. Like we, we, we got these bedtime challenges or they're no longer eating their meals um, or school is becoming increasingly difficult to get in the car to go to school. It's really just these minor issues that cause a major disruption of the household. If I like to put it that way, it's a minor thing, but it's causing a major struggle within the home and the day to day, especially when your mom is working or um, there's multiple siblings in the home. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into being mom. And so when they have these seasons of difficulty, it could be really, really hard to navigate those. And so that is the bulk of what I'm doing is just working with parents, um, with kids that are typically developing, that are happy, wonderful, independent kids, but they just struggle in a particular area. And I like to reference too that there was some research done and his name is Jacob Holzman. And he did research that showed that the parents that are actually the ones that are reaching out to behavior therapists saying, hey, we could really use some extra help in this area. They're actually like, amazing parents. (laughs) If you look at what they're doing, like they really have so many amazing things already implemented in their home. And I like to encourage my parents that reach out too, because so often they're so, you know, insecure, frustrated, defeated, and feeling hopeless, or even embarrassed saying, you know, I'm so embarrassed. Like when I ask, how do you respond in this? Oh, I know I shouldn't be doing it, but I do it this way. And we're so hard on ourselves. And I like to encourage them that, no, I am not judging you that reaching out for help means that you are a great parent. (laughs) There is is not a parent that reaches out to me that I'm saying, oh, I can't believe they did it this way. No, absolutely not. That's never, ever the case. And so I always like to debunk those two myths that first, that as mom, that we should just be their everything and we are, should just have it in us to respond the right way and know the right way and right courses of action all the time. And then the second one is that therapy is really only for big problems or people that have yeah. the diagnosis. I think that therapy in general has that stigma, don't you? Yeah, it really does. And I think that we're really moving away from that. I think we're having more awareness and we're seeing a lot of role models and examples come out more saying I did go to therapy or I'm currently in therapy. I personally love the stories that say I am still in therapy rather than, you know, I did it and I checked that box and I've completed it and I don't need it ever again because that's so not how life works, right? It's an ebb and flow. We yeah. all have difficult seasons as mom and people and individuals, just like our kids do. Um, and having someone that you can confide in um, is great, but then sometimes that person needs to be more of a professional and that's great too. Yeah. So so back to your first myth that you know community is important. So other than having, other than actually having someone like you that's, that's great. That's, you know, awesome because you're somebody that can give them 
the facts and what works. And then, but I also agree too that then you also have to have community surrounding that. So you have people to kind of talk it out with as well. Do you have any, um, do you tell your, your moms, like, this is a really good place to find community? Like, do you give them examples of outside of just you of community that they can reach out to um, when they kind of yeah. feel alone in motherhood? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. a lot of moms feel so alone in motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I see that a lot. I encourage moms to definitely get involved in your local church. Um, if you aren't involved in your local church, you're really missing a piece of what God had designed when it comes to community. That is what the church is all about is community, right? And doing life together and trying to become more and more like Jesus every single day by encouraging one and keeping one another accountable. And so if you are not finding yourself in a in a God-led, biblical-believing church where you can have people in your life that speak into your life, um, I would encourage you to seek out and find one. They're hard to find. I will say it's hard to find a church that you feel like this is my home, this is my church home, but it's worth not giving up on. It's worth continuing to pursue and finding that. Um, And then also within that community, I always encourage moms, find someone that is a couple steps ahead of you, someone that you look up to in in certain areas of motherhood and ask them questions. I love doing this. This is one of my favorite things is I always will find a mom. Usually her kids are older and already out of the house maybe. And I have these burning questions. And so I actually, the last time I saw this, she's just, it was an amazing mom. You could just see from her interactions that she was so great. I said, you know what? I just have a question for you. I said, did you you fight with your husband in front of your kids or is that something that you did behind closed doors because I don't know the answer you know <laughs> and yeah she smiled and she shared her advice and then there was actually another mom next to her that I also absolutely adore and she goes interesting I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree and then she gave her aside and I loved that I walked away yeah. so uplifted and those women also were probably blessed because, I mean, that is the biblical model. The older women are going to teach the younger women. And just not being afraid to ask those questions. Trust me, those women will love to share the wisdom that they had. Um, yeah. Sometimes they're just a little shy to share, you know, or initiate that. And then right. the flip side is not just being the recipient all the time, but also being the person that's going to pour into that mom that's maybe a couple steps behind you as well. And being that role model and that example and discipler even to that mom that's up and coming, maybe her kids are younger or maybe she's newer to being a Christ follower or newer to making life changes to better her mothering and just being available, being an encourager. I mean, just telling someone, you know, I saw you do that and you don't receive a lot of thank yous, but that was pretty awesome. Or I love that. I mean, that goes, that will make a mom's week. If you find something that they did and give them a compliment and encourage them, that is just gold to a mom. Just like I know when someone sees something that I do and they say, thank you, or they recognize it, man, does that give me motivation to keep going? Because like you said, it's so lonely. It's sometimes so lonely and so hard of a road. So true. That's awesome advice. Thank you so much. So um, you have a unique model to tackling challenging behavior in children. Um, Do you want to share a little bit on that process and why you feel passionate on why it works? Definitely. So 
I have at Jenny Young Consulting, I really have a very, like you said, unique model, a unique approach, and that I work exclusively with parents. I don't necessarily work with the child, even though that is the whole topic of discussion. And I do that because I, in my my viewpoint and my goal and purpose is to equip the parents to be everything that a therapist would be. Um, so often I see the model where the therapist is the hero. The therapist comes into the house or does the Zoom consults and we're the fun person that brings the toy and the game and we talk about their feelings and they just have so much fun and they, they don't have any behaviors with us and then we leave and then they smart back to mom or they tell mom right. no and they throw the temper tantrums. And then the therapist walks away, almost the elevated hero of the story. And I don't think anyone's truly benefiting long-term from that model. There's a lot of flaws in that model. So what I do is I work with the parents. It may be a little bit longer of a process. It's definitely more of a vulnerable process, but I teach the parents to do everything that I feel like the therapist would do in that situation. And I think that it helps because first, the parent, I mean, you guys as mom are with them significantly longer than any sort of therapist would be. You know, a therapist is going to come in a half hour, maybe an hour for a week, but you're with them all week long. And so this provides an infinite amount of opportunities for the interventions to be applied. And so I work with my parents when they do this, I want you to respond like that, or these are the consequences, or these, this is the new rule of the week. And I then help the parent be able to implement it across their days in the in infinite amount of opportunities that they see the child and interact with the child. And then another reason why this works is that you as mom, you have the greatest relationship with your child. And so it's obviously just going to be that much more effective because that relationship is already so, so established. And so it's also, um, it's, I just always say it's an investment worth making because it also builds your marriage as well. It is amazing how, when I do these calls, things just come up as far as when I ask questions, the mom is able to share things that maybe she didn't even think of before or didn't even know that's how she felt. Um, and as well as dad able to open up and say, this is what I would like to see, or this is what I value. And it just opens for conversation to take place. And the more conversation and communication we have and getting both the spouses on the same page, it's just naturally going to flow to benefit the child as they're both consistent in implementing the same expectations and rules and the same consequences. And it really serves for much longer, long-term results rather than the short-term of a therapist just coming in and doing a quick fix. Gotcha. Yeah. I think about too, like you'll, like as a mom, you'll read something and you'll say like, oh, I want to implement this and you'll start implementing it. And the husband might not agree, or they might not understand the why behind it, or they might say, well, where did you get that information from? Whereas if you're both trusting in a therapist, you're automatically listening to the same person and on the same page. So there's not really a question of, well, where did you get that information? You know, or, or mm -hmm. whereas I totally see how, I mean, the unity that the benefit of that, of that unity that you can have when a therapist comes in with both of you and helps both parents. Yes, absolutely. And when there is a concern in the home where the child is being, you know, disobedient or struggling in an area, 
that is such a, that is just the breeding ground for us to get snippy and short. And like, we're not feeling super loving in that moment because both parents are stressed. And when you're stressed, you generally go to a, an extreme part of your personality, whether it be to dive all in and be more of the yeller controller, we got to fix this right now. Or sometimes the extreme is pulling away and being apathetic and I don't care and it's just never going to change. And we all have different coping mechanisms. And so both mom and dad's coping mechanisms are at play. And so it, because it is a stressful situation. So to be able to sit down and talk through those, um, we always talk about what is our natural responses and then what are the responses we're going to be intentional on and agreeing within an open conversation so that when the stress happens in the home because the child's not listening, there isn't added stress within the marriage of now we're disagreeing about how to handle this, but now at least we have one box check to say we are on the same page, we are consistent, we can encourage one another, and we're going to be able to overcome this issue that's in our home together. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So, so okay, you work with parents and some, and you see like how moms and dads, they all kind of are different just you know there's very like calm soft-spoken moms and then there's moms <laughs> yeah. that have just you know they're high anxiety um do you ever see that it may be the parents anxiety that's fueling or escalating their child's behavior yeah so when i write the plans um the plan is for the child however the parent is the implementer which is also a huge piece of the puzzle and a lot of things go into factoring in that piece of the puzzle, whether it be, like you said, their personality traits, that has um, an impact on it. Um, the way they were raised has an impact. Um, but also if the mom or dad has any level of anxiety, that definitely surfaces to the top and we can see that, that it has an impact in the way that they're responding. And so I would say that first, just having a plan usually eases a lot of mom's anxiety. Um, a lot of anxiety comes from unbe being unsure or not being confident enough in their mothering. And we just question ourselves, right, until we're blue in the face. I mean, I seriously do this for a living and I go to bed some nights and I'm like, did I do the right thing? I just yeah. think it's natural. Like we care and we're so invested in our kids. The thought of maybe doing it wrong scares us. And it really is anxiety provoking because we want to be the best mom that we could possibly be. And so having a plan eases a lot of that anxiety. But then kind of like what I said, having an opportunity to sit down and write the plan for the child and brainstorm and talk through what does the research have to say about this? What does the Bible have to say about this? And then this is how we're going to respond. That also opens up the space for mom to be able to talk and be honest, kind of like what we were saying. And there's a lot of healing and a lot of things to be said about that as well as far as processing through and talking through. Um, so I use cognitive behavior therapy, which is a behavior practice that I believe is very easily to be aligned with the Bible. It talks about taking every thought captive, like 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Um, and it talks through that anxiety is really a thinking error. It's thinking about a situation wrong, which then causes our emotions to follow, which then causes our actions to follow. And so if we want to change anxiety, it really then starts with identifying those thoughts. And yeah. so having that consultation is all about discussing what are you, what are you thinking in these moments? Um, 
and going through kind of the layers of the onion per se and diving through. So a lot of that anxiety for moms do come out in these discussions. And it's usually a very beneficial thing because healing happens when you start to talk about it. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I know, I mean, just thinking, hearing you say that and thinking of myself, I know that there are times where I'm like overwhelmed or, you know, stressed out. And a lot of times where I'm reacting out of that stress and then it only makes the moment more stressful because the child then feels that stress and they go (laughs) higher in their behavior, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think you described that perfectly. The more anxiety that you bring into an already stressful situation is just going to build and build. Um, and conquering our own anxieties and our own fears really is the first step at helping our child overcome their season of difficulty. And it also, you're leading by example. You're saying, okay, I do have this fear or I do struggle with this anxiousness and I'm going to address it just like I'm going to ask my child to address what they're working on even as well. Yeah. So what advice would you have for our moms that are struggling with anxiety right now? Well, I think there is something to be said that motherhood really just magnifies the anxiety that was already present. Um, Generally, if we are an anxious person, motherhood will then just magnify that. And so sometimes we notice that we are feeling more anxious because it's not just us now. We feel this great responsibility and burden for this other life that God has entrusted us with, right? Right. And so I encourage moms to really use the three-step model that stems from cognitive behavior therapy. Um, The first is to recognize the thought. Um, Recognize the thought. So Sometimes anxiety feels so big and overwhelming and muddy and just, it's this big blur in essence. I'm feeling just this yuck, this heaviness, this weight, um, the stress. It just feels very big. But the reason why anxiety has so much power over people is because it's unidentifiable. And so, so often we say, well, what is causing you anxiety? And we really can't pinpoint it. We just know that this overarching thing is really stressing me out or really causing me this anxiousness. And so the first step is really to recognize the thought in a specific phrase or a specific idea and writing it down and making it real, um, identifying the exact cause of the anxiety. And so sometimes just rather than when my child leaves, you know, I, I start to just get really anxious, you know, say when my child leaves, I am scared that they're going to get into a car accident. I mean, it's just something very specific. Like this is something irrational that's going on in my mind, in my mind, that's causing me these anxious thoughts. Um, or when my child starts to have a meltdown, I really just think that I am insufficient. I am so not capable and I'm a failure. That is the piece of the puzzle that is causing me these anxious feelings. And so really just identifying it to the most specific terms possible and writing it down. Um, The second thing is to challenge that thought and then to ask yourself some questions after you identify it. So asking, is this rational or what does God have to say about this? And my favorite, would I give a friend the same advice? If I heard someone else share this, would I give them the same advice as far as the course of action that I've decided to take? 
a lot of times this is going to then weed out some of the irrationalness of our thinking patterns and have us begin to recognize that we have been held captive to a false idea that we are holding on to as truth. And then the last part is to replace that thought. Stop thinking that way isn't enough. If we just say, stop it, stop it, um, that's not how we are physio physiologically wired, is just to stop something. We always need to replace it with something else. And that could be a Bible verse, that could be an accountability partner, um, that could be just confiding in a friend, or even just sharing with your husband, I think, some of the thoughts that you're having, um, especially if your husband works outside the home or travels or isn't around as often. Um, we're in the trenches then by ourselves and we're having these thoughts and when that he comes home just to be open and honest that I think motherhood's a joy but this is something that I keep thinking or I'm struggling with um, so I encourage moms and that are dealing with anxiety recognize the thought challenge the thought replace the thought yeah that's um, really good advice even if they just wanted to start at home you know and then and then go from there seeking um you know, professional help, but that's really great to just think about that at home, write it down, write that thought down, challenge that thought, and then replace it with like a Bible verse or a phone call to somebody. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Um, now, do you ever find that moms didn't have anxiety before they became mothers, or at least they didn't think they did? Yeah, I usually find at least they didn't think they did. Um, yeah. Generally, there is some level of anxiety, um, but they have found ways to cope with it. Um, when it's just us, we have the illusion of control, I like to say. <laughs> as right. far as we think we've got it under control, we can, if, when, if it's just us to care for and be responsible for, we have ways to avoid things that cause us anxiety. And so if it's kind of that out of sight, out of mind thing, and so if I don't have to expose myself to that trigger, then I don't have to worry about that. However, when children come into play, we quickly realize that we cannot control anybody and that control is an illusion. Right. <laughs> we really don't have control. We have influence. Um, we can shape and guide people, but we cannot control them, <laughs> says right. everyone with a two-year-old. <laughs> so right. and then it comes out, though, um, this awakening of if I don't have control, are we resting in God's goodness and recognizing his sovereignty in that? Um, or are we going to then respond in the opposite and grip for control, dig our fingernails in deeper and begin to feel anxiousness because we have loss of control? Um, and so that generally is, the, I see the action that, or the process that unfolds when people become moms. Um, especially because you have this sweet little baby at first that you're holding in your arms and you think they're absolutely perfect and you're like scared to move or breathe because they're just so small and fragile. Um, but as they grow, they become physically more capable, but sometimes those anxious feelings don't go away as easily and you still feel that the fragileness and the frailty of and the weight of this responsibility of I have to make sure that they grow up and they are a happy, independent, God-fearing, loving adult, and that pressure sometimes gets to an unhealthy measure where we are putting an unhealthy burden on ourselves. Yeah. I actually was just talking to my dad today, and my literal words today were, it's so crazy how before having kids, I didn't fear much. And then as soon as I had kids, I saw everything that there was to fear. 
Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it really is true. It is true. And you see people, myself included, I, I struggle with anxiety. Most certainly. I think that's why I'm passionate so much about this. Um, but my mind always goes to that worst case scenario, which is right. classic anxiety thinking trap behavior is you see a situation and before your mom, you kind of feel like that illusion of control. Like I can control that bad thing from not happening to me by taking these actions or these steps. But when you have a little human that you're in, in charge of raising, you just see all of these worst case scenarios of they're going to fall down the stairs. They're going to get hit by the car. They're, you know, this person is going to be, you know, too hard on them or this interaction didn't go well. And it really can build if we aren't able to take healthy boundaries and healthy view of what God's called us to be as mom. Yeah. Now, um, you have written a children's book on anxiety as well. Are you able to share a little bit more about that with us? Yes. And so like if we're talking now, anxiety is this large, complex, and so often intimidating concept um, that when I would have my parent consults, I would so often see that the child was struggling with some form of minimal anxiety. And so the most common ones that I see are separation anxiety or um, bedtime struggles, being... Um, having a difficult time with the dark or even public restrooms and things like that. And it's just minimal level anxiety things. Um, but how we address them was very tricky because anxiety is, like I said, this big, complex, intimidating concept. So how do we take this big thing and educate our kids as far as this is anxiety. These are the things that you could do to make yourself feel better or make better choices when you're feeling this way. And the flip side is sometimes I would find resources and I'd say, oh, this is great. I love this. But it was not from a biblical perspective. And when you dive into the mental health literature, especially for kids, sometimes it has this subtle tone of you are awesome or you are everything. And it kind of puts the child or the individual as the center star of the story rather than God is the center of our lives and we could be our best through him that isn't as portrayed as often. And so it kind of just organically formed for me to write this book. Prior to writing this, I wouldn't even consider myself an author. And it really was by God's grace that he had this whole thing unfold. So the name of the book is called Go Away Bossy Brain. And the premise of the book is that we have these different brains that God has given us. We have our brilliant brain that helps us think in school and solve problems and know right from wrong. And we have blissful brain, which allows us to feel feelings. But we have this thing called bossy brain. <laughs> and he comes in and he's sneaky and he pops up sometimes out of nowhere. And he really mixes our thoughts and makes us feel kind of hazy and confused and angry and mixes up our emotions. Um, but God has given us a special thing called our brave brain, which will equip us to beat bossy brain. And it's this fun, cute picture book. Um, it rhymes and the kids, there's a line that repeats all the time that says, go away, bossy brain. And all the kids love that line. And they just think it's the funniest thing and wag their finger and go away, go away. And <laughs> it's amazing, God, how God has used this book um, to just put it in the hands of kids and the reviews I've gotten back from it saying when my child is starting to get overwhelmed or stressed or has that meltdown or temper tantrum or says something they didn't mean how they're now able to put language to it and say, 
that bossy brain, you know, and be able to now identify it in an age appropriate, fun, non-intimidating way to start to lay the foundation and the framework of having healthy thinking patterns at an early age so that as they grow and develop, they're not adapting in some of these negative ways of thinking and coping. Oh my gosh, I love that. Because I mean, if you can get that in check before you're a teenager, and you have, you know, that's something that you you learn as a child on how to get that bossy brain to go away, like how great will their future be? Yes, it really is such an important skill, just like we're teaching social interaction and our math and our reading. And I mean, all of these amazing things that kids need to know, educating them from that early age that this is the right way to think wow, that is just going to be such a powerful tool for them as they age and develop and grow into themselves. Yeah, I love that. I'm adding that to, I'm, I'm buying it to add to my homeschool <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> so yes, why don't and, you, go ahead. Yes, and if you go on my website as well, that it's jennayoungconsulting.com. I also have an activity pack that goes with Go Away Bossy Brains. So you can just go ahead and print those activities off and it's an easy, just cut and uh, implement type activities to talk about the book with your kid as well. That is awesome. I love that. So I'm going to buy it, but why don't you tell everyone um, that you're going to be generous and do a fun giveaway? Why don't you tell everyone about it? Yeah. So I would love to get it in your hands as well. So if you go to my website, um, like I said, it's jennayoungconsulting.com. Um, there'll be an option for you to subscribe. And so what I'm going to do is I will take all of the subscribers this week and put them in a fun little poll and I will pull a couple names. And if you are pulled, I'll contact you and send you a free copy of Go Away Bossy Brain. So if you can head over to my site, I'd love to hear from you and um, I'd send you a free book if you're chosen. That's awesome. So listen, Faithful Mama listeners, go over and subscribe so you can get that book in your hands and read it to your little ones. So that that way they can start off um, just with a healthy, healthy mindset. I'm definitely getting it for my kids. So just thank you so much, Jennifer, doing this, doing this for other moms, just um, you, your obedience to God and doing this, because honestly, it is, there's, there's not that many um, resources like you out there to, um, anxiety is a big thing now. And, um, you know, challenging behavior is always a thing, but doing it with um, just true things that work along with God's word is hard to find. So just thank you for being obedient and, and to God's call on your life. I think it's amazing what you do. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I would encourage all the moms listening out there that God gave you a gift as well. Um, He has given me the gift to be a behavior therapist and um, be able to be educated in how to solve some anxiety and behavior problems, but he's given you a gift too. And so lean into community and offer what God has given you to moms and also then be open-handed and receive some of the things that other people are an expert in. I think that that'll go a long, long way. I love that. So how can we all stay connected with you? Yeah. So if you head over to my site, I um, blog weekly about parenting stuff. So every week I hand out something about mental health, behavior struggles, biblical parenting, making sure that it's in your hands. I am all about free. Like I always joke that I'm as cheap as they come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm <frugal. laughs> so, That's Yes. 
I really like the sites that I go to sometimes and I'm like, I love that. But then everything costs things. And I'm like, I can't do that (laughs) just because I'm so frugal. So when I started this journey, I was like, there is going to be a big freebies tab. And when I make something as much as possible that I could give away, I'm going to. So when you subscribe, it allows me to continue to give those things away for free. And also you then could be the recipient for all of those materials that I make and send out. So if you could do that and share that, that really helps me be able to keep doing things and reaching other moms. So I would appreciate that. And then if you're also ever interested in a parent consult, you could also find all that information on my website as well under my parent consulting tab. And I also offer a discovery call. So if a lot of times, kind of like what you were saying about you see this really cool idea and then you go to implement it and your husband so often is like, where did this come from? Right. <laughs> I get that a lot where they're like, I found this person and she's going to come and help us with so-and-so's meltdowns. And the husband's like, what are you talking about? And so I offer a con- just a free consultation to meet the family, talk about what your struggles are, and then kind of set you up with a package that I feel like would really help um, make some lasting change for you guys. And so all of that information you could all find on my website. I'd love to hear from you guys. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Today was awesome. I know that my listeners are just going to be like, ah, you know, like I can't wait to go subscribe, <laughs> subscribe. She's got a bunch of free stuff. <laughs> I'm all about free. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I'm, I'm going to go over and subscribe now too, but oh, thank please. you so yeah. much. Thank you so much for being on the episode. The one thing that I do ask all of my guests to do is just to pray for us and our listeners to close out the call. I would love that. <laughs> yes. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Yes. Oh, dear sweet Jesus, thank you so, so much for just the calling of being mom. It is such a high and amazing calling. And the fact that you entrusted us with this amazing gift is something that I never want to grow apathetic to. I never want to take for granted. And I just want to continue to give my best because it is the best gift that you could have given me. And so I just pray that you continue to equip me, equip me with patience, um, with the energy and the stamina to dig in and learn resources and opportunities that are there and give it my all to be a part of community and be vulnerable, even when it's scary. And ultimately just to know that I can't do any of this without your intervention, without your guidance and your love and your grace. And so let me just dig into your word and be fueled up by everything that you have to offer because it is so life-giving And this life of motherhood is not going to be everything that it could be if I do it by myself. So don't leave me. Continue to pour into me. And I will give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great prayer. Well, thank you so much, Jenna, for being on the show. We're just so happy that we have women like you to just speak into our lives. We are so grateful. Oh, my honor. So thankful to be here and chat with you, Jill. And I look forward to hearing some of your listeners contact me and I look forward to the future. Thank you so much for listening to the Faithful Mama podcast, a place where we fill up on Jesus so we can pour into others. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to head over to the ratings and review section. And if this is something that you know will touch another mama's heart, please share it with her. And as always, Stay faithful. Hey friend, 
Have you heard? I created a free mini course just for you. It's called the Divine Destiny Mini Course. This course will take you from unmotivated, messy motherhood to understanding your divine destiny that was placed on your life from God. I know what it feels like to be completely stuck. I was so lost and lacked direction and without direction, there's just no motivation. But this will take you from feeling like you're going in circles to growing with God. It will take you from feeling lost and unseen to motivated and clear on where God wants you to go. I promise this will empower each role of your life and inspire you to be the best version of yourself. After this course, you will be excited for your future and all that is to come. So what do you say? Let me and Jesus hold your hand and walk you into all he has for you. You can find the mini course in the show notes or on my website at jillroarball.com. I can't wait for you to be inspired.